0: Hi, this is Nicole Leemaster from Coleology, a consciousness podcast, and I was asked the other day where did Coleology come from, and my nickname is Coley, and my dad is a fairly witty person, and he came up with Coleology because I love psychology and sociology and all the ologies, Um, and I kind of find myself being my own experiment, so it just felt right, and... (laughs) Um, I kind of grabbed onto it and ran with it. So that's where that came from. And today on the podcast, I have a dear friend. Um, Ka- Ka- well, she- I call her Kathy, but her full name's Katherine McDenna. And um, she has been a licensed. Marriage family therapist for a few years and has a private practice in San Carlos. And she has a transpersonal focus and process, and she's a process oriented therapist. And so we're gonna kind of sit with and talk about and dive more deep into like what that means because therapy is a very vast field. And just because somebody is a marriage family therapist, there's so many different ways to go about working with someone. And so um, I really want to get into Kathy's particular um, area of expertise and what she's kind of feeling most alive with. And if you want to reach her, um, she's at com. And what I'll do is I'll have a link on my pages for you to contact her Uh, through her website so hi hi how are you
1: okay I'm doing well and I know that um you were asking me to describe what it is that I mean when I say that I'm transpersonal and process oriented um as a therapist and so I can go ahead and do that if you'd like
0: yes I would love that
1: yeah so I um I'm very process oriented myself. So, looking at how it is that I function in the world, what I'm doing, what I'm thinking, um, that every experience that I'm having is actually made up of multiple experiences. That you know, there's the what I'm noticing, what I'm feeling, what I'm um, thinking um, at any point in time, and so the way I work with people is I also see them as having the same experience of of multiple things happening at the same time, but we tend to focus on one part of it or some part of it and, and kind of letting the other be in the background, um, where it's functioning in how we live our lives, but we're not giving it as much attention. And so sometimes that's where, um, core beliefs that, people have may play out of like being unlovable or that they don't matter. Um, and so I, I help bring a lot of that awareness into somebody's, um, just have them be more conscious about how it is that they're living their lives and being in relationship. And a lot of times what it does is help somebody relax and become more self-compassionate, be able to embrace themselves more. As a person. Um and mm-hmm. I also hold that I can in sitting with people, um, there was one of my instructors uh in school, John Prendergast, um, had um talked about the ground of being. And it was more from a spiritual standpoint, kind of it's that part of you that can feel that connection to somebody else or the way in which we're all one. I mean, we are separate people, but (laughs) yet there's a way that we're all connected.
0: Um, That's right. If you
1: believe that, which I do, (laughs) I do too. Um, And so um, I sit with that when I'm with my clients where I can feel when I'm in touch with that part of somebody. And I can also feel when I'm not, or I don't have access. And sometimes that can be me coming in with my, my own stuff. But when I'm sitting with clients, I have the, because I'm in the same room and I can feel something different or something change when somebody walks in. So I, I can see what they're contributing. Um, but trying to be in connection with that part that's truest for people.
0: And, it, um, and I'm sorry, I, I don't yeah. want to totally interrupt. I want to continue hearing this, but um, I just want to be clear. So this is um, called like on a, in a spiritual lens, uh, your instructor named it the ground of being.
1: Yeah. The yeah. ground of being was what he called it. I just call it, you know, it's kind of that, um, just what's truest for people, their true nature, yeah. their essence, their yeah. spirit, their soul. Their, yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's so many names for it. Um, but I just remember having it talked about in school like that, though it was something that I had an awareness of, but it, Hadn't been named, be you know, in a way that yes. I got it.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Um. Yeah. So it's just that connectedness between us all, and so when somebody's coming in, I can, you can, you can almost feel the inauthenticity at times, and it's not to say that somebody isn't that they're being um, untrue. I think they're being what's true for them in that moment, but it might not be authentic. It might not be coming from that place of love or spirit or whatever it is so
0: so maybe it's like maybe it's like one of the masks that we wear or maybe the one of the conditioning parts of us that like is protecting us or whatnot
1: yeah like where ego comes into play yes is making it hard to touch what's truest um yeah so when I'm sitting with somebody I do a lot of You know, asking questions, noticing what's happening, um, sitting... So trying to bring awareness to their experience. So a lot more of what's in the background or what they're trying to... What they're consciously or unconsciously hiding comes to the fore because then you can feel more of what's true for them coming out. And a lot of times the things that people fear or that, that they're holding that might be holding them back don't actually manifest in a way that um, you know I, I'm trying to think of an example but um, as I encounter it all the time but I, it, it's escaping me right now but just how somebody might have a belief or think something um, you know it could be like I'm not good enough um,
0: I don't, don't know that one or <laughs> 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 I have no clue what that one is I'm not yeah. what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> found out yeah and and they're not saying that and they're still functioning in the world and then as soon as they start to say that or be more honest at least within the context of therapy about where that is present in their lives and how it's playing out then it loses it can lose some of its power um so that it's not driving things as as hard as it was before when it was just in the subconscious, or that thing that they're trying to pretend isn't there or trying to keep people from seeing.
0: Yeah, um, and that was and like.
1: Seen, it can release a bit.
0: Well, and, and that was something difficult for me to grasp before I entered the the therapy, like, education, um, that I went through was, like, okay, so, uh, you're saying that, like, uh, if I name something, like, if I say, oh, I'm unlovable, like, one of my core beliefs is, like, I'm unlovable, well, so naming that's gonna, like, help me in some way, and, um, and, you know, like, I was kind of skeptical, actually, and I had been through therapy for, like, a really long, like, on and off for a long time, because I've had, like, stuff. Come up for me, um, and I've had some trauma, but I was never totally committed, and I was totally afraid, and I was hiding from myself and people, and I was really good at hiding. I was a runaway, um, physically, <laughs> physically and mentally. Like I, I like loved bypassing. And you know, the one thing I want to say that I think it's important if this is reaching ears uh, of people who haven't um, embarked on the therapy journey yet is that. Like just saying, "I'm unlovable isn't actually like the healing process, but it is it is the beginning because you can start grieving the places, and it does lose its grip. It does, and I think it's because, like when when it's when something is unconscious, there's some part of you that is like totally believing it that that and you then you can't like actually dissect it and say like, okay, so like when I was whatever age, you started believing that I had this belief and I, and it really felt like that. And then, and then you can kind of unpack that and it's not that it goes away, but it does loosen because you're starting to able, be able to look at yourself through your like adult eyes and realize that it was like not really accurate because we, we create these belief systems through children's eyes.
1: Yeah, well, and it's more than, yeah, because saying it once or seeing that you um, identified it doesn't make it go away. However, it does, it can help you cultivate self-compassion yes. and holding yourself in a different way around it. So yes. it's, it's not that it doesn't recur, but it's that, oh, you can see when it's happening. Oh, here <laughs> it is again. Uh, I, <laughs> and it can really feel true. Um, but at the same time, when you're aware of it, then you can hold yourself differently around it and start to create a different inner dialogue so it's not, you're not beating yourself up about it.
0: It's true. <laughs> or
1: believing it and living it um, in a way that's so harsh. Yeah, you can just create more space around it so that it can be there and you can choose to act in a different way because you know about it and it just loses power. Yeah.
0: Yes. Over time. yes.
1: Oversimplified in how I'm explaining
0: it. Oh, I don't think you're over, I don't think you're oversimplifying <laughs> yeah, it. it. I actually, it
1: takes a lot of work. Yeah, it takes a lot of work. I mean, there's so much, and you start to see how it's, how things are playing in various aspects of your life. It's not just in one place. Like you can start to, like you said, unpack it.
0: Just no, really but looking at it. I think the way you, you worded it was eloquent. And mm-hmm. I think people who are, already embarked in the process would be like, yes, yes, that's it. And then I just, for some reason, I, w- I, I just wanted to speak to the um, person that wouldn't understand because it sounds, it almost sounds like, you know, we get labeled like woo-woo and what else? <laughs> like, I mean, like what are the other things we've heard? I mean, like I've, I've heard a lot of different things. My, my dad still calls um, me a shrink, like <laughs> – and I'm like, uh-huh, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, I have Yeah, it's a walk of shame to the therapist office. Yes. Like, oh, okay, wow. <laughs> yes, and, and, and it's yeah. just like so untrue. Like people who like actually decide to take the plunge and like start looking at themselves in a more authentic, real way and start embracing those pieces that are maybe like fragmented or um, had to be pushed aside so they can function in the world. Um, yeah. like for them, for those people who haven't but are thinking about it, like, what you said so eloquently also, like, sometimes doesn't make sense because you're like, how, how is that possible? Like, I think everyone kind of knows, like, oh, they hold core beliefs of, like, they're not good enough or they're not lovable. Mm-hmm. But, like, just saying that doesn't make it go away, right? So, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I just – I kind of just wanted to unpack it a little more because I yeah. – Kathy, this woman, um, I met her before I decided to go into school, and she happened to be in my play date. Um, We both had children at the same time, so I've known her for about seven years, and she was in my mom's group, and I was going, I, I have gone through many different transitions in my lifetime, and some of them are pretty extreme, and... <laughs> to say the least, right? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, it's true. It's true. And Kathy had already gone through her process, and I was talking about energies and the chakra system, and her and I had this immediate like spark and connection that just kind of like went deeper. And maybe that would be the thing that you're talking about about soul or essence or the ground mm-hmm. of being that kind of sparked between us, right? Yeah, and. She, not being my therapist but being my friend, uh, walked me through so much of my process and was pivotal in some of my un- knowing of self, being true to self, getting through some hard times, and... um Finding compassion, and she did that as a friend. So, in a therapy room, Kathy, I can only imagine you are working wonders and doing magic because, like, what you did with me in some of my crisis um, moments was so beautiful, and I hold them as gems and gifts in the world. And I can't thank you enough. Oh,
1: thank you so much. I I, yeah, I remember that conversation. I remember where we were when we first started talking about that kind of stuff, and it was so exciting it really <laughs> I was felt so alive in it um just hearing where you were and what you were going through and um yeah and then just seeing you embark on your journey I mean you just you got right into school and you kept going until you're at the point where you are
0: now. She, life and, no, Kathy, <laughs> I didn't even know a transpersonal experiential program existed. I, I didn't even know that. And at the time I talked to Kathy about chakras, I'm just talking about chakras. Okay. And energy. <laughs> I only had my associates. And so that means I would still need to get my bachelor's and then go on to my master's to do this journey. And I, was, I've mentioned this a few times on the podcast, but I'm dyslexic, and I've struggled with school. Um, I've struggled. Like, my grades, my transcripts don't re- reflect me struggling as bad as my actual struggle was, um, which was actually surprising to me. I thought I did worse than I did, but... Um, and so Kathy was like there's these programs CIIS and JFK and they have experiential transpersonal programs and you were really um the pivotal piece like you were my the air in my flame that like got you you made me come alive in that way because it was it was the perfect synchronistic timing and the perfect support and the perfect words and uh, you represented that to me, and I am now living out my dream. I'm I'm working I'm working in a field that I believe in and um, I'm passionate about, and I go to work daily in love. And most people can't say that. And Kathy, you are uh, what word? I, um, the conduit. You you were were the conduit to that, and um, so the work that. You're doing with your clients. I can't imagine being any less.
1: Well, thank you. I, I like to think that I'm I'm helping guide them in some way. And almost everybody that I work with, I look at them as you know growing. I, I, I mean, just um, that's how I view people who come into therapy, because I view it as growth rather than pathology or anything if somebody has anxiety or depression, and I think that's the difference with um, a transpersonal program, and like you, I came alive when I found CIS and um, found out about transpersonal psychology. I'd been looking for years and thinking I wanted to be a therapist, but every program I looked at fell flat and then... I came upon transpersonal psychology and I just felt so alive and knew exactly that, okay, I found it. I'm going to do it. And, and it changed my life as well.
0: Do you want, do you want to break down a little bit more? Um, a I just think that the transpersonal process versus, um, the clinical lens would, would you like to do that? And then also be maybe, um, what your process was around that?
1: Yeah, um, you know, a lot of it, you know, some of it um, is I move through the world as a feeling person who also thinks a lot, I, I, um, but I'm very based on gut and intuition, and um, so when I was looking at programs, a lot of it was more, you know, kind of diagnostic, and here's, you know, what depression is, and here's what anxiety is, and um, <clears throat> talks about ways of treating it. But I think the difference in – I know it was one of the things that transpersonal psychology, while there are ways to define it, it remains very much without a box because a lot of it's just how – how people move through the world and looking at people it's basically looking at people as being living spirits you know like in human form yeah. so there's not pathology it's more there's a lot that's hard about being a human and just being in this life
0: yes and, and being so it's in this particular body like i yeah, mean and you know. we're all
1: going to struggle with stuff yes some of us better than others some of us have harder experiences than others but nobody is free of having struggles. And so I think instead of pathologizing people as, you know, yes, there are some pathologies. I'm not saying there are. But instead of defining people as having an illness because they experience anxiety or depression um, or other things, um, it's looking at them more as, wow, this spirit really struggling to be in this human place. Right. I mean, it's just, it's really hard for me to even define, but, um, I just look at people as more than people. And so I think that's where, um, that's where it's at for me. And so when I found transpersonal psychology, I felt like that part of me was being held Mm -hmm. (laughs) in learning about psychology rather than looking at, okay, what's wrong with, what's wrong with people's psychology? What's making them do this?
0: Um, Right. Yeah. or like or or for me, it was like my whole life, I was looking at what was wrong with me. I mean, I feel like I was the harshest critic of myself, like what was wrong with me, what was wrong with my family system., yeah. and all of us, when you talked about trans and then I did this whole bypass thing for a really long time, which was just like yoga and meditation, and everything's gonna be fine, and I'm just one love and the universe <laughs> <laughs> And I, so I did that, and I kind of had like both of these extremes. And when I found, Um, the transpersonal lens through you, it was all of a sudden it was like, yes, I I have these struggles, but they are not me. And I can have both. Like I can have this ultimate connection and I can have Uh this extreme anxiety, but this extreme anxiety isn't going to define me as like this person in the world. And I'm also not going to... Bypass as much anymore because I'm holding both.
1: Yeah. And I, because I think there are a lot of people who think that they they need to achieve this end state. This, this, I don't know if it's,
0: oh, the rainbow happy
1: or being, yes, the <laughs>
0: rainbow. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: And so if they're not getting that, then it's like somehow feeling like a failure or you're not living life the way others are. Grass is always greener, that kind of thing. And it's, um, but holding this. There is more of an acceptance of, you know what, sometimes being human is just tough. We're going to have situations we have to deal with that we didn't expect, we didn't plan, they're they're hard. But being able to rest in knowing that this is part of what life is, um, and holding love and compassion no matter how tough it gets. Yes. yeah, so it's more like learning to accept that and seeing life as a process rather than, yeah, an end state. I mean, there's not this – so there's not this rainbow that we get to, but what I try to get to myself personally and also um, – help my clients get to whatever this is for them um is that place of peace within myself a place of calm um where I am connected to my feelings I'm having my feelings but I'm not um shutting shutting off who I am and I'm having the peace and the love and the compassion that Mm. is more spirit you know like it's um goes beyond um who I am it's how I look at people it's how I hold people
0: yeah yeah yeah, that's so beautiful and that is a practice in it in itself I mean like that (laughs) actually is um and I was thinking that when you were talking about um being process oriented like Mm -hmm. how actually how beautiful like because everything I I am so after I did somatic experiencing and studied with Steve, who now is doing organic intelligence, um, I am so all about the fractals. Like like something just came alive for me. And it's like it's so true that and, – and I can just see it happening on subtle levels and larger levels of these just fractal natures of processes that, that kind of manifest in different areas of my life that like hold – uh, a lot of the beautiful things and a lot of my core woundings. Right. So, Uh and, and there's something about my struggle, my own personal struggle in life, not holding all of the processes. Right. So like I get, I'll get stuck. I'll I'll see something super clear. And then it's like, I lose track of all the other processes going on and, (laughs) And that can cause deep suffering and pain, right? Because yeah. I mean, we tend to like focus on the process that is uh, the one that hurts the most or not uh, working, uh, not working yes. the best or the most trauma ridden or like whatever. And um, something about holding all the processes in this lens that's like kind of in, like nestled in the transpersonal, like the mm-hmm. spirit of being just sounds. I mean, it sounds beautiful. It's, yeah. Yeah.
1: And I see a lot of a lot of people um, get stuck in shame. Um, mm-hmm. Experiencing that, I mean, that's where a lot of the, you know, that I'm not good enough, I'm unworthy, I'm unlovable, yeah. I don't matter, <laughs> takes us to that place of, of shame. And that's very much a part of the human experience. I mean, right. we all experience it to varying degrees. And so, as you're talking about focusing on certain parts of the process, and then losing sight of the others, and then get stuck in the wrestling, it's it's almost like there's this shame process <laughs> that kicks in that that um, brings us brings us down and holds us holds us down, um, and it can go it goes across so many. Individual processes, and so a lot of times, like when I start to feel myself stuck, or that I'm circling on certain thoughts again and again and again, um, it's I I recognize that shame is at play in some way, and wow. so I try to focus on that and bring myself back to peace by pulling myself out of shame, which can be tough. A lot of it's you know talking about talking about it with a trusted person or therapist, um, and and finding yourself um, being accepted for who you are,
0: um, I journal a lot, so journaling is huge
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for me in that process as well. Um, just getting through like those places that I'm getting stuck and where I'm circling, and um, but again, that's the the, the human part. It, it's almost like the wrestling of the human and the spirit when, when you get with shame,
0: mm. um, trying to fight for for that essence, that authenticity,
1: that, that true nature.
0: Well, and I see to like, what and I see, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. What was that last part that you said? To, it was a, to having
1: your true, your true nature shine. Like,
0: yeah, and
1: this, it gets, it gets mired in shame.
0: <laughs> yeah. And see, like <laughs> this, this is, this is it, right? This is, this is it. Like the thing that you're talking about right now, this is what therapy mm-hmm. is about, right? So like, yeah. I, I am a therapist, intern, intern, I'm not quite licensed yet, but as an intern, I mean, like, I'll still get, and that's, that's the kind of the funny thing, and I think the illusion, right, is like, oh, you become a therapist, so now you have it all figured out, but I I don't, (laughs) (laughs) and, and this is what therapy does, right, it points to things, and I go to my own therapist, and I love my therapist. He's a somatic therapist, and um we're not really we're not really looking at this, right? because he's not a process oriented therapist. And you just name something that is super important that I haven't really quite looked at, I mean, or unpacked, which which this is what therapy does. It helps you see yourself, I think, more clearly, um kind of. Like, the reflection in the mirror isn't as muddled or something. And, like, you know you know what I would like to do maybe in the future is um, uh-huh. have you back on for a podcast where uh-huh. we can kind of dissect what it is that shame is or what it is that be, like, all of these things that we use in the world, like, terms that we use in the world. But, like... Um, kind of have um a diluted understanding of because like linguistics or just like it's been thrown around and mm-hmm. and part of my process is having things like completely named and like um housed in my body somewhere that there's like an actual resonance, you know? And yeah. Before, I'm not joking, like three years before people would say shame or resentment. And I'm like, I don't have any of that. <laughs> like, I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> like, it's almost taboo to say it. Well, but, but you know what? It's like, no, like I'm sitting here now as I have more firm understanding and I'm, I'm deepening my knowing of self. And I'm like, no, I have a lot of resentment and I have a lot of shame, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. But it's the process of like understanding even what that is, you know?
1: Yeah, and Brene Brown, who wrote Daring Greatly and um, uh, Rising Strong, and uh, some other books, um, she's done a lot to help um, open the dialogue on shame, which mm-hmm. has been wonderful. And to the to what you were saying as a therapist and getting everything figured out, it's um, n- no. <laughs> <laughs> I have so much awareness of yes. where I where I get stuck or where people get stuck yes. that I have a lot to turn to and a lot of resourcing that I can do. And I think that's what therapy offers as well, is helping inform people. And so they have more resourcing for how to pull themselves out of it or get through something. That's right. And so that's for me where it's been. It, so instead of being bogged down in something for months or years, I might be right. able to get through it sooner you know it depends because there have been some challenging situations where it's taken me a lot to get through it but it's because every situation is made up of multiple experiences and there's so much to process through depending on what it is um that yeah it's like going through it again and again but it gets it gets easier and I'm less burdened by it even when I am burdened by it it doesn't bring me down as much and so that's where that's what I think it's about and that's where um yeah just trying to make life easier to live even when it's hard
0: (laughs) yes and feeling alive through the process right I mean like because we are these humans that have these emotions and like I I know from, from my own, my own way of being, my life looked a lot easier when I was disassociated and like, I'm alive, I'm alive now. And I've been alive, like actually alive in my feelings and, and they've been extreme. I mean, like (laughs) they've been extreme because like I, I dampened them and repressed them for so long. And it's like, if I I, granted, I, I, I want to be more modulated and I'm working on being more regulated and like having like more of um, a titrated affect with things now that I'm actually feeling myself, but I would not give away feeling and, and, and go back to being disassociated and appearing okay uh-huh. because it's part, like, I feel alive, and and I, I kind of have a joke with one of my girlfriends, Maureen, like, when I'm in anxiety or we're sharing like a parallel process, we're like, "Oh, wait, wait, we're alive. We're supposed to feel this like <laughs> it's okay. like this is part of being human, right
1: right, right, <laughs> yeah, and it does it makes a difference to feel it because um being repressed and dissociated, it's not easy. It makes life feel a lot more effortful. I mean, there's a mm-hmm. lot it takes a lot more energy to move through life when nothing's filling your tank or you're just yeah you're empty and you're trying to go and you're trying to make it look like everything's okay or that you have it all together
0: and and you're and you're you're dulled too like you're dulled and like your actual like essence is dulled like people people say to me now even though I know like I I don't want to say I'm a lot, but I feel like emotionally I'm still a lot compared to a lot of people, and that's and that's okay. But I also hear like you look so alive and so um, full of life, and I was not hearing that in my twenties, like because uh-huh. I wasn't. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I wasn't. Yeah, you know. And yeah, I mean, yeah. like it has like an actual effect on like how people receive you.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. Definitely.
1: And yeah. when you lighten up your insides, even when you're going through tough stuff, you can you can feel more alive. And and it doesn't mean that you don't get bogged down and and this state of feeling alive isn't like a a static state. So it nope. it goes in waves <laughs> yes, and it does. feel more alive, less alive. I mean, <laughs> But that's all part of it. That's all part of it, and yes. it's just coming to accept that and not judge yourself harshly for it. And,
0: and having somebody like you to talk to, or my yeah. therapist to talk to <laughs> about it, and to continue to like move forward and grow and understand and go deep. Like, I mean, it's it helps the process.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. So there's so much to it. There's so much to psychology and.
0: Living living
1: true to yourself.
0: Yes. And I can't thank you enough for taking Mm -hmm. the time today to unpack this and talk about it. And I look forward to possibly doing another podcast where we unpack emotions in a way that, like, (laughs) Like you know, that can oh, start. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. There's so
1: much to them.
0: <laughs> So much, and thank you, thank you there so is. much. And I will thank make sh- you for having me. And I will um, make sure to tag your website, so anybody who wants to get a hold of her to talk to her um, personally or professionally, you'll be able to click on her um, link. And thank you very much for tuning in. Again for another Consciousness Podcast, and I appreciate the support, and have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.